0: All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. And thanks to all of you for being with us. Glad you're on board. Write down a toll free number. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, there's so much to talk about. We have a couple of new police incidents that we're going to discuss today, including the shooting death of a 15 year old. Such a tragedy. You know, police officer arrives on the scene and and you, you, you look at this moment. And you don't really see the knife in real time. She's she's literally she's loaded and ready to plunge a knife into another young girl, and the police officer, to save the life of the girl that's unarmed, shot this girl. Now I'll get into the politics of this in a minute because there is politics, of course, with everything today. Uh, just a lot of craziness out there. Anyway, uh, oh, and then in Minneapolis, you're gonna love this. You have a city council candidate. Publicly encouraging Black Lives Matters rioters to burn down wealthy neighborhoods. If you feel like burning shift down to target wealthy communities instead of the poor ones. Oh, she's going to make a, a great council member for Minneapolis. Great. Uh, we had an incident in Portland. Rioters smashing windows at a Starbucks. There's video footage of, of that. The police officer was surrounded. And uh, by the way, this is after guilty on all three counts in the Derek Chauvin trial. It showed an officer being surrounded and punched in the face by a masked individual dressed in black. Oregonian newspaper posted the video reported there had been a heated confrontation. The individual that punched the officer in the face could be seen, you know, Apparently was was in another incident with another officer on a bicycle. The officer who was struck grabbed on to the individual as he fell and then other officers piled on. And it's just unbelievable. Now, this case out of Columbus has gotten a lot of attention and we're getting the, the usual, the predictable rush to judgment thing going on again, which is never good for anybody ever under any circumstances uh and in this like valerie jarrett for example tweeted out and i'll I'll tell you the facts of the case in a second a, a black teenage girl named micaiah bryant was killed because a police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight demand accountability okay um we have the videotape here valerie jarrett we know what happened here we got the video from the body cam footage video from the columbus police department and yeah it does show the officer firing a sh shots to protect a, an innocent other teenager you could see literally the knife is in the hand when you go frame by frame and you slow this down and i've now watched it many times and frame by frame She's about to plunge. She is loaded for a full-on thrust of a knife into this other unarmed girl. And that officer likely saved that girl's life and prevented the stabbing of another person. Then, of course, others rush to judgment. We got another case. I, I, I can't explain this. This was in the New York Post. Their headline is, At least nine teenagers shot... At a 12-year-old's birthday party, there were 60 attendees and not one of them will make a formal statement of what happened to the police. The gunfire around 8.40 p.m. local time in Louisiana. At least nine kids struck under the age of 18. Seven of the nine victims were treated and released. Two victims remain hospitalized. Can't believe nobody died when you have that many people shot. Thank God it didn't happen. Investigators think the shooting was the result of a dispute between two groups of young males that, that two guns were fired during the shooting. In that case, of course, we have uh, the Chicago mayor throwing the police under the bus, failing to call out gang violence in the case of this seven year old little girl that was shot while going through a McDonald's drive through. I mean, this is in Chicago's 15th ward. Alderman Raymond Lopez. We interviewed recently, He said that Mayor Lori Lightfoot, lightweight, has thrown police under the bus, failed to call out gang violence. You know, it's an interesting phenomenon, and I don't have a good answer for you. And that is, OK, so during the Biden Obama years, we scroll the names of all these people being shot and shot and killed in Chicago. Names you've never heard of before. You know, last weekend it was 26 people shot, five people dead. That, by the way, that's on the low end of a typical weekend out of Chicago. And nobody knows the names of the five people. Nobody knows the names of the 26 people. Why do some cases get all, all the attention and other cases do not? With all this, these years of scrolling the names of lives lost and shootings that take place every weekend, you would think that there would be some sense of urgency to stop the violence. There's not. I don't see the urgency at all. Not one bit do I see the urgency. You know, it's, um, it's just uh, these are unbelievable times we're, we're living in. And then you get, of course, those that will politicize it, like Valerie Jarrett. Hey, Valerie, take a look at the... Fr- watch it frame by frame. Now... As part of, I've I've talked a lot about my training now. I'm in my eighth year. I'm a student of martial arts. It's an eclectic blend of arts. Krav Maga, Kempo, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, situational street fighting. We use sticks, blades, firearms. And I've said this before, and people don't hear me, nor do they really fully understand. If you ask anyone that's had any training, they'll understand what I'm about to say. And what I'm saying is very specific, and that is, if I have a choice, if I had to f- defend myself close quarters. Key words here are close quarters against a firearm or a blade. I take the firearm every time. And and we practice situational self defense. used you know, we'll, for example, the gun will be held in front of me. You know, you put your hands up and you try and strip it by. Getting the gun offline, breaking the finger, assuming it's in the trigger, and then stepping back, you tap rack and you put your four over three, and then you have the gun. Or if somebody puts it at my on my forehead, right at my forehead, you know what do you do? If somebody puts a gun, well, first thing I'm going to do is quickly, and it's now in, it's reflect it's reflexes now because I do it, practice it almost daily, and I'm going to push the gun up in the air, turn it around, break their finger, jam the gun into them strip it, step back, tap rack, and four over three there. Or if it's at my back, you know, first thing I want to do is I'll take it up quickly. You move a hand, you get the gun offline, you fight the man, break the finger, strip the gun, and, and step back, and now you have the firearm. It takes a lot of skill and a lot of repetitive training to get there. And I wish cops had more time to, to do all of this. They don't. That's why I say, okay, more training is needed, you know, I mean, there was somebody that tweeted out, a knife fight is when two people are fighting with knives. When one person is trying to use a knife on an unarmed person, it's often called an attempted stabbing or attempted murder. Well, yeah, I would say that that's true. A po- how this police officer actually reacted that quickly probably saved somebody's life. Not, you know, a knife is a lethal weapon by every legal definition. And it's simple common sense. By the way, defending against the knife is much harder at close quarters. Keywords: close quarters. Then defending against somebody with a firearm. I, I like my odds better going up against the firearm, because you know if if somebody, I mean, you could do if you know how to use a blade, or if you're about. To, I mean, this 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 15 year old girl was literally loaded up, had the knife cranked back for a full-on powerful thrust of that knife into that other unarmed girl i don't think that girl would have survived if if that was a successful attack but of course you you know the usual people rush to judgment and you have a, a top obama advisor demanding that the cop be held accountable he saved another teenager from being stabbed to death i mean it's unbelievable to me that rush to judgment That's Valerie Jarrett. And you have Joe Biden out there insulting everyone in the country. And I'll I'll, I'll say up front, are there people in this country that are are ignorant, that uh, have evil in their heart, that are racist? Yeah, of course there are. Yeah, evil exists. There are dumb, ignorant, stupid people that are racist. There are. But that's not the majority of the American people. Most Americans are not racist. Most Americans deplore racism. Have we made progress? Yeah, we made a lot of progress. No thanks to Joe Biden's friends or Joe Biden himself, to be very frank. You know, we, we had a civil war that we fought in this country. Did we forget that part? You know, if you look at the, the Underground Railroad, Harriet Tubman's life, there, there were many people that were also white that helped free slaves and fought a war to free slaves, and end the evil of slavery. And then, of course, we have the 64 Civil Rights Act, the 65 Voting Rights Act. Yeah, that was filibustered by the guy that Joe Biden praises, the former Klansman, Robert KKK Byrd. The same Robert Byrd former Klansman that Joe Biden partnered with to stop the integration of schools, because Joe said he didn't want our schools to become racial jungles. Now now he's out there lecturing the American people, accusing the United States of deep-seated systemic racism and, uh, you know, literally praising the conviction and saying the guilty verdict is, is too rare. That the, the systemic racism that's a stain on our nation's soul. This is coming from the guy that didn't want integration of schools, that partnered with the Klansmen and praised the former Klansman. Good grief. These are the times we live in. And then you have this madness moving forward of defunding and dismantling now the police. That is being pushed by many. We had a couple of incidents. One was in New York last night. We had Black Lives Matter protesters telling uh, white people dining outside to get the F out of New York. And that was not the only example where that happened last night happened at uh where was the other one i forget oh outside the minneapolis courthouse all all cops are bastards and get the f out and the same thing at this new york restaurant tell white people to get the f out of new york wow that but but is that the majority of the black no it's not it's a small minority of people that believe this think this way sad when you hear it by the way joe biden the author of the 94 crime bill You know, when he called young African-American men predators. Now we're going to listen to him and get lectured by him on systemic racism. We got another video showing a pipe-wielding, you know, uh, suspect shot by police in Illinois. You know, one thing I will say that these body cams are giving us a perspective we never had before. We've been calling for those for years. Biden called the, the violent riots... Over the summer that he never addressed that Kamala Harris said is not going to stop and shouldn't stop and beware and take note on both levels. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. We're not going to stop. And we shouldn't stop. And he talked about those riots causing billions of dollars in damage and three thousand cops hurt and dozens dead. He called them, you know, uh, peace with a purpose. No, that wasn't peace with a purpose. A riot is a riot. Insurrection is insurrection. It was wrong what happened on January 6th. It was wrong what happened last summer. Why is that so hard for some people to, you know, call something out for what it is? Not that hard for us here on this show. The truth is the truth, period. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. Most Americans hate ignorant people. That's how most Americans are. Right, as we roll along, 800 Sean. uh this announced ABC News reporting. Joe Biden's Attorney General, Merrick Garland, has announced an investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department to determine whether it's infected with systemic racism. Now, the last time the Minneapolis PD was put under a microscope after George Floyd's death, the cops were handcuffed, uh, handcuffed, literally trapped. They stopped working. Trap! Remember the whole defund the police movement. Remember the precinct was burned to the ground there. That's Kamala Harris supporting the bail fund to get rioters out of jail. Anyway, um, the homicide rate then skyrocketed sixty-four percent. And and you know it, it, it one plus one equals two. If you don't have police, you're going to see what we're seeing nationwide. Nationwide, it's almost forty percent an increase in homicides around the country. In some cities where they've defunded the police, it's much higher, including Minneapolis, including Louisville, including Los Angeles, where Kamala Harris praised the defund effort out there. I mean, this is a—I'm just trying to understand it. It doesn't make sense. Now, Rudy Giuliani, you may not like his politics. Forget it. You can't deny he saved a lot of innocent people's lives with tough policing and he sent cops and and used resources wherever there was a, the greatest need at any given time. New York City is a big place and it's small, but it's, it's a lot of people. Uh, all right. We got a lot of other news we will get to. Uh, all things Bill O'Reilly. Sergeant uh, Penny will join us. Uh, Reverend C.L. Heavyfoot Bryant. Remember, he says he invokes Jesus to get out of a ticket. It cracks me up. We'll continue. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800 941 if you want to be a part of the program. I don't think it was a factor in this case. It's going to be interesting when the judge excoriated um, Maxine Waters for her comments leading up to the, the jury uh, d- making their decision, which can be viewed as extremely intimidating. And look, I don't think it was the case here. If you ask me what convicted Derek Chauvin, the two biggest factors were the nine minutes and 29 seconds of videotape. And and I do think it was very powerful. The images I'd never seen them before until the day after closing arguments in the New York Post of the injuries that George Floyd sustained. Now, Michael Bodden had mentioned it when we interviewed him at the time. He did one of the autopsies of George Floyd. And, you know, you, you see how badly bruised George Floyd's face was from having the knee, you know, pushing his, his face into the pavement. I mean, the in, industry uh, the injuries were substantial. The same with his shoulder being pushed into the pavement. Now that's the amount of force. Again, go back to my martial arts as a student training. You know, if a quick a quick targeted strike to the jaw and the carotid artery, I promise you if I if I hit the target, you're going to go down. One shot, you'll go to the ground. Um, and if you try to stand up, you likely won't be able to stand up for a while. You'll be just you, you, because it it's it, it's that effective a shot, that's a fraction of a second. So I think between the nine minutes and 29 seconds and the testimony that this is not what the way uh, officers are trained by the chief of police, I think it was a done deal. But I will say this going forward is that we can't have juries going into a jury room if we believe in due process, we believe in the presumption of evidence, uh, innocence rather, and have them it feel some type of intimidation from the outside. You know, it, it often, I, I, I wonder why they don't do this more often, but I am I, a big supporter of change of venue for high-profile cases for very specific reasons, and they didn't do it in this particular case. Now, people like Alan Dershowitz are saying, hey, th- th- he's likely going to win on appeal, and it'll be interesting to see if that is brought up. And we're going to watch that closely. Uh, we had on last night, Jonathan Turley, he made an observation that I hadn't thought about, is you still have these other officers that were involved in the case. They didn't have their knee on George Floyd's neck, but there are charges pending against them. And literally the prosecution had made the point that they tried to help George Floyd. And I wouldn't be surprised if if those words uh, if they were to go to trial, if this thing goes to trial, if they don't come to some type of agreement, if if that would be used against the prosecution, their own words. So we'll have to we'll have to wait, watch and see what happens there. Um, you know, you, you, you just go back and you look at Joe Biden praising the former Klansman, stopping integration of schools with Robert Byrd. You know, the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act. You know, they didn't want schools to become integrated because they didn't want schools to be racial jungles. Joe Biden's words, Joe Biden, a crime bill, you know, predators on the streets, that Joe Biden. Now, I just find what's sad is most of the country does not know this because Joe Biden was in first the candidate protection program of the media mob and big tech. And now he's in the presidential protection program from the media mob and big tech and everybody else and but i'll tell you none of this is going to end well and you know biden if he wants to make allegations of systemic racism and it being a stain on our nation's soul john cornyn said it was a verdict against one officer based on individual facts in one case i accept the verdict no need to slander law enforcement generally in the vast majority of police officers that risk their lives every single day. Secretary of State Blinken echoes Biden's comments. And remember, they've already begun their own little version of the apology tour that Obama had. Uh, now Biden wants critical race theory. We'll spend some time on this in the future and the 1619 project taught in schools. So now that's going to become a big issue in the country. You know, Joe Biden, author of the 94 crime bill, says we've got to confront head on disparities in the justice system. A lot of it is because of that bill.
1: It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct for love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets.
0: You know, if you want to go to the Twilight Zone part of this, you know, Biden yesterday praising the summer of love, the autonomous, the Chaz, the Chop, uh, spaghetti potluck dinner zones. We had city streets, entire city blocks taken over by anarchists and by radicals, taking over police precincts, burning police precincts to the ground. We had almost 3000 officers injured. Dozens and dozens of people murdered last summer, you know, saying that this that last summer's protest, which he barely addressed in the middle of a campaign, ignored, didn't even mention it once at the DNC, his choice for vice president. By the way, was critical of Joe Biden on the issue of race and 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 it really took him down on a debate, but supporting a bail fund for arrested rioters this was after the police precinct was burned down in Minneapolis you know so he, you know he's now saying that it unified people of every race and generation in peace and in purpose what, what is he trying to say here that's revisionist history you're ignoring the rioting that took place in in all these major cities last summer with all these injured cops and all these injured people Trying to you know tell us that oh they're mostly peaceful protests, no they weren't. I don't even know what to say about Nancy Pelosi quote thanking George Floyd for dying I you know people say whatever i'm I'm not even going to go there Minneapolis's mayor now giving you know saying he he his life bettered our city it, 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 there's not a lot of good that came out of this while the officer responsible, is being, has been held accountable and will be held accountable, he's still not, he's still dead. It's tragic. It's sad. It was unnecessary, especially knowing everything that we know. And then people on the left, you know, AOC and, and others, the squad saying the decision didn't go far enough. You know, I'm, I'm basically saying Joe Biden celebrates some justice. AOC calls conviction not enough. You know, and it goes on from there. The squad, by the way, we found out recently they spent thousands of dollars on private security for themselves while demanding police be defunded. I've I've yet to hear any congressman or woman talk about disbanding, defunding, dismantling the Capitol Police. Not one. I see Gavin Newsom's wife is weighed in, blaming toxic masculinity for what happened to George Floyd. OK. House Democrats standing right by Maxine Waters. I'm telling you, the radicals in the squad, Maxine Waters, they're in charge in the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi's scared to death of the most radical elements in her party because she knows her job's on the line. If she dares goes against them. And that's why they don't and same with Chuck Schumer. He's scared to death AOC will run against them for the Senate. He might even lose. And he knows it. Joe Biden, I don't even know if he knows what day it is. Anyway, eight hundred nine four one Sean is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Talked about this case. I mean, I I I looked so often at this case out of Columbus and it was so obvious a lot of people asking what will the sentence be I don't know they're gonna have this whole discussion about whether or not this case would warrant a higher sentence than the the possible 40 years that that Chauvin is facing in prison Um, that's gonna be discretionary but they will have a hearing on it the ultimate sentencing takes place in eight, eight weeks You know, it was interesting, foxnews.com had a piece about Derek Chauvin's verdict. What's next for the three officers charged with aiding and abetting George Floyd's death? Well, now that Derek Chauvin has been convicted, now that the prosecution actually said that the other officers involved, the other three officers, tried to help George Floyd, I'm not sure what impact that might have on their case. Um... Alan Dershowitz saying that Chauvin's conviction should be reversed on appeal. He's saying that hardly a conservative. Um, anyway, we have other news here too. Nancy Pelosi is facing a backlash for her comments of thanking George Floyd for sacrificing his life for justice. AOC's actual words says Derek Chauvin's guilty verdict is is not justice, declaring that it's not enough. I just want. I I want to create the affirmation, this is not just, well, well, what would be justice then? What would you, how would she define justice in this case? Congresswoman Tlaib's comments, that police are inherently racist. The Detroit police chief has responded saying that is reckless and disgusting. The House voted down the resolution condemning Maxine Waters' remarks prior to jury sequestration i i think they should have been there should have been sequestration much earlier uh black lives matter one of their leaders has credited the riots for forcing this verdict the head of the new york chapter of blm claiming last night that the jury would never have found chauvin guilty without months of violent riots So now that that's the answer, we're going to intimidate people and intimidate juries into coming up with decisions. I don't believe that happened in this case. I think the evidence was incontrovertible and overwhelming. Nine minutes and 29 seconds. And the police chief saying this is not part of our training. That was it right there. Andy McCarthy saying Biden and Waters, they've given Derek Chauvin's lawyers a real chance to overturn the verdict. He's not wrong here. I don't think Dershowitz is wrong. There is a real chance Dershowitz even predicting that the verdict will be reversed. He says by the Supreme Court, they'd have to take up the matter. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. You know, it's some things are just very frustrating on a lot of different levels. So Joe Biden, with his background and his history, you know, when you compare Delaware's voting laws to the new law in Georgia, well, Georgia has 17 days of early voting. The state of Delaware has none. Georgia has in every precinct drop boxes. Delaware has none. Both states require picture ID. So how does he get away with saying three times that this is Jim Crow 2.0? By the way, Biden now has joined the effort for D.C. statehood. He's pushing that. Biden now is uh, preparing to unveil another $1 trillion in spending, 220, $225 billion paid leave and, and medical leave, $225 billion for child care support, $200 billion for universal pre-K schooling, hundreds of billions in new education funding for his friends in the unions, and other sums for nutritional assistance. Do you notice one thing every one of those items have in common? That's all in the Green New Deal. All of it just like the emergency COVID relief money went to start as a down payment funding the Green New Deal. Just like the infrastructure bill, a lot of the monies that they're calling, call everything infrastructure now, that's all going to the Green New Deal. You know, the New York Post had an editorial today. It's time for people to turn down the temperature and actually lead here. Has anybody on the left thought about the consequences of defunding the police? Are they not looking at the high murder rates all across the country since this started. Because if they don't start looking, more innocent people are going to die. And a lot of them, sadly, will be in cities that are run by liberal Democrats. By the way, his rich Democratic friends, they're fighting. Now, I told you that when Donald Trump's tax plan went into effect, it hurt me financially. I paid more in taxes. Why? They have something called SALT, state and local tax deductions donald trump put it down to just 10% that's all you could deduct now all these rich liberals they're now demanding that biden uh allow the deduction for states that have high state income taxes and local income taxes like new york city i am saying it's not fair to the rest of the country I would be the beneficiary of this, and I'm saying don't do it. It's not fair to states that elect fiscally responsible legislatures and governors. It's not fair. It's just wrong. All right, Leonard Skinner's simple man means only one thing, and that is all things BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, these are insane times we're living in, Bill O'Reilly. I never thought in my life things would get this crazy but it's it's worse than I even predicted before the election.
2: You know what really deserves me as an American, not as a commentator, just as a, a, a person who loves the country, is that the American people aren't being told the truth. And so I've spent the last uh, 36 hours really researching and uh, finding out the facts about... The police and African Americans, because I think people don't know really what has happened. Because you have a media invested in uh, putting a uh, narrative out there, and now the President and Vice President of the United States are backing up the narrative that this is a racist country, and the 80,000 law enforcement people here are actively trying to harm marginalized groups, including African-Americans. That's the narrative. So if you're a young African-American student, that's what you're hearing, and you're not hearing much to counter that. So fire away. I, I've got all the stats and the facts right here. So
0: here's where I am with policing and where we are in society, because, you know, if we're going to be truly one people, if Martin Luther King's dream speech judge people by the content of their character color of their skin as it relates specifically to policing these are the things i think need to be done now you know i'm a student of martial arts i do it four or five days a week an hour and a half a day for eight years i'm a student we got to better train cops number one number two police need other non-lethal alternatives besides the taser there are better there are options out there i've been showing them on tv three Uh, we have got to make every city and every town in America safe and secure. It's got to be a priority, and it's got to be the police working with the community before incidents happen. And I don't care if you like Rudy Giuliani's politics or not. He took the murder rate from nearly 3,000 down to a a few hundred. We we do know how to solve this problem, but it's going to take a commitment on everybody and all of this political noise and rhetoric uh, has got to stop, Bill, because you know, look, look at the cop. A woman was about to be stabbed yesterday in Cleveland, Ohio. You see the knife in her hand. She's about to plunge it into somebody. Now, I train, uh, I, I do a lot of situational self-defense with firearms, knives, and sticks. And I'll tell you, at close range, sp- very specific words, at close range, I'd rather go up against a firearm than a blade especially if somebody knows how to use it, because it's much harder to defend against Bill. And the cop had to shoot to save a woman's life. A a knife will kill you. Your thoughts?
2: Well, number one, we're never going to work together in the foreseeable future in this country because one party wants to attain power through identity politics. That means equity. And then President of the United States said it. We're going to favor one group over another. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to put the a coalition together of the willing to vote for Democrats. So that leaves out everybody who's not a Democrat. So that's not we're not working together for anything. And secondly, we're not telling the truth about the policing in America. So this is from the Washington Post database. The Washington Post does a good job compiling police statistics so in 2019 unarmed white citizens 26 were shot black 12. in 2020 24 white citizens blacks 18 so therefore two years doing the math 30 blacks were shot by police who were unarmed, 50 whites. Now, in most of those cases, there were other weapons involved, just as you pointed out, in Columbus, Ohio, with the knife. Okay. Now, that is not an epidemic of police shooting blacks in America. It's not. It's not a... In fact, if you were to present this to the United Nations compared to other countries, this would be a laudable record. Yet you don't hear any of this. All you hear from the media, which is driving this, okay, is that systemic racism is the cause of African-Americans being abused
0: by the police.
2: Right. You with me so far?
0: I'm listening to everything you're saying. Now, by the way, we 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 both acknowledge that there is racism, but systemic racism is a different term. I'm listening. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay.
2: Everybody knows that there's racism in every country. There are bad, evil people on the planet. And skin color, it it transcends all skin colors. But what happened yesterday with the president of the United States is unprecedented. Joe Biden trashed his own country after the verdict came in and said, this has got to stop. We have systemic racism. Now, everyone in the world heard that, and every African American heard it. That has never been done by any president before, never. Now, we tracked Barack Obama's statements while in office for eight years. He never said anything close to that. After he left office, he said a few provocative things. Now, the president of the United States is basically trashing the whole society by saying, hey, we know. That we're racist and we have to solve this problem. Well, I'm sorry, but that insulted me. I'm not a racist, nor are my friends, nor are my family members. And I don't want this guy exploiting the death of George Floyd, who should be alive today. And the reason that the former police officer was convicted was because of a very simple concept, depraved indifference, that's what led to the conviction. And it's absolutely true. He was indifferent, Chauvin, to what Floyd was experiencing on the ground. And because Floyd died, that's depraved indifference. Now, I'm a methodical researcher. I am a simple man, as you always point out. I know the truth about By
0: by the way, you're not a simple man. I I say that. There's some irony to that that, that whole bit we do, but go ahead.
2: I don't nuance this. When I was a high school teacher, I had African-American students, Cuban students, white students, and I told them all, life is hard. If you're black, it's harder. If you're Cuban and your parents came over here from Cuba, because I was teaching in Miami, it's hard. But you all have an opportunity here, which you wouldn't have anywhere else on the planet. So we got to work together to make this society better. But when you have a president trashing his own country, the way Joe Biden did yesterday, I, I just, I, I just went, "Are you kidding?" And and I'm not making an excuse for Biden. But he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't understand the implications of what he's
0: saying. Let me saying. disagree with you, and let me add to the discussion a little bit. Because, then this is important that we have it, and it's important we have it with people of all backgrounds and races, in my opinion. When, when, for example, you compare the new Georgia voting law that has 17 days of in-person early voting, the state of Delaware has zero bill, When you look at uh, drop boxes, they are in every county in Georgia, Bill. There's not one drop box in the state of Delaware. Uh, Voter ID is mandated in Georgia and in Delaware. And Joe Biden then went out there and said and lied and said, this is Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Crow for the 21st century. He said it three times, Bill. Now, it's not Jim Crow. This is also coming from a man that praised the former Klansmen, partnered with the former Klansmen to stop the integration of, of schools in America because he didn't want schools to become, his words, racial jungles. This is the guy that that co-sponsored the crime bill in 94 when he talked about young African-Americans as predators. That's the Joe Biden, you know, the, the Joe Biden praising the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights Act of 65 bill.
2: I'll give Biden the benefit of the doubt that he's evolved and he's woke. I don't care what he said as a senator. I don't care but, he hung would around. Would any
0: Republican get the benefit of the doubt? Would Bill no, O'Reilly no, get the benefit don't. of the doubt? Hell no. no. Of course not.
2: But I'm a fair man, and I look, at, I look at my job as analyzing the news on radio and TV on BillOReilly.com. I look at it as an obligation. And my obligation is to tell the truth about what's happening now. And what Joe Biden did yesterday was disgraceful. And, again, no other president has ever come close to saying anything like that. And the damage that he is doing to this country, and, you know, I, I mean, into the border or the um, uh, Supreme Court or uh, Washington, D.C., all of this is just insane. But people don't know it. Because the narrative coming out of the corporate media, the powerful corporate media, is that Biden is noble, the country is racist, and that the Democrats are going to save African Americans from that racism. That is the narrative that you see every single
0: day. You know, unless we get to the point, you know, one glorious nation under God, one people, United Americans look I I, I'm I'm a Christian I I was raised Catholic like you were but I'm non-denominational at this point in my life and you and I've had that discussion and I know you went to Catholic schools for years I went to Catholic schools for 12 years okay long time and if you really believe in natural law what is natural law that rights come from God we're endowed by our Creator natural rights not from government and we believe the, the word education in the Latin, Bill, I learned a pious, which you probably didn't learn in Chaminade. Uh, it means uh, educare to bring forth from within. Now, I know a lot of people think you got to jam things into kids' heads. But that suggests to me that talent is God-given. And every human being is born of God. But human beings, through the, their experiences have a propensity towards good and a propensity towards evil. A lot of evil people, sadly, in this world. People. But we're still created by the same God. We still have talents and abilities. Now, if Republicans want to get smart and change the electorate forever, they need to go into all of these blue states, all of these blue cities, that, have, that don't have law and order and safety and security, have horrible educational systems, and fix them. And, and I believe then everybody will benefit. That's the answer. It's not redistribution of wealth. It's not, you know, it's believing in the talent of every individual.
2: The problems are fixable. They are. Agreed. But when you have a a giant propaganda machine that is unprecedented, you have Powerful corporations with billions of dollars spewing out the same message every day that America is evil. It was founded on white supremacy. That is going to infect a large portion of the population. They are going to believe it. And that's what is happening. And people on the other side who do believe America is a noble nation They've got to stand up and start to oppose this because it has taken deep root.
0: All right, Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly, Simple Man, BillOReilly.com. Uh, all right, Mr. O'Reilly, we'll have you back next week, and I'll make more fun of you, and you can make fun of me.
2: Yeah, well, it'll be lighter next week. And remember, killing the mob out in two weeks.
0: Oh, that's right. You, by
2: the way, killing why didn't mob, I get my copy
0: yet? No, I'm... You, you got a copy, Handy? Wait, I did I not get a copy. Know. I did I not get my copy. Copies. Send me a copy of it. Like
2: uh, you or what? Come on. I, I have, have, have no ideas.
0: idea. And by the way, don't expect a cupcake interview when that book comes out. You're not getting a cupcake interview. I'm giving you a non-cupcake interview. When <laughs> my book was coming out, Hannity, this is not going to be a typical cupcake interview. I'm like, oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta worry about my, my interview with O'Reilly because it's not cupcake. And that you're not getting a cupcake interview. Pass O'Reilly. Hannity. All right, ma'am. Eight hundred nine four one Sean free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program? We'll continue. I25 right, to the top of the hour toll-free our numbers 80941 Sean. Uh, we'll get to your calls final hour of the program today. Um, what I see going on around the country, what we're watching, what we're witnessing, what we're hearing beyond what we just discussed about Joe Biden and and America being racist, et cetera, et cetera, defund the police, dismantle the police, all of this madness that's not going to end well. We've given you all the statistics we could possibly dig up in terms of the murder and homicide rates it's up dramatically uh, on average 40 percent around the entire country as a result of these this defund dismantle police and uh, madness it's getting crazy in minneapolis we have a city council candidate publicly encouraging black lives matter rioters who feel like burning shift down to target wealthy communities instead of poor ones in other words, encouraging rioters, burn down wealthy neighborhoods in Portland. I, I, sp- I spoke about this earlier. Rioters in the in the wake of the verdict. All, he was guilty on all three counts in the Derek Chauvin trial. They started a fire and attacked a, a businesses late last night. And video footage showed two Starbucks in the downtown area damaged. An Antifa symbol was spray painted on one of the broken windows Cops kill stolen land, scrawled on buildings. Starbucks, of course, they didn't want to respond to what happened there. Uh, During the evening, a a crowd starting a dumpster fire near Justice Center blocking traffic. Uh, a, A person dressed in all black then punched a police sergeant in the face. Punched a cop in the face. We see this now all the time. I'm listening to the comments. Of people on the left. I, I've watched this. I promise you this Columbus police officer and this video in real time and then slowed down frame by frame. And you can see that the officer that shot this young 15 year old girl, the girl literally had a knife in her hand. Knives kill people. How the cop reacted that quickly to save the other girl's life. It, it's heroic. It's a dangerous job. This is what they're dealing with every single day. You got nine other teens shot at a 12-year-old birthday party. And not one of the 60 attendees will make a formal statement. Well, what is wrong with that picture? It was on the blaze today. Nine kids shot at a, a 12-year-old birthday party. Not one. Not one adult will talk to the police about it. Ohio police officer, you know, in, in this case, with the, he probably saved the girl's life. I said it earlier, I'll say it again, I'm, it, I'm saying very specific words here. Up close, in other words, close quarters, close quarters, let me repeat, close quarters, I would much rather deal with a firearm and defend against that than somebody that's about to plunge a a blade into me. Now maybe you think that sounds crazy. No, because I, I practice, you know, stripping weapons, you get the gun offline, you fight the man. You sh- you break the guy's fingers, assuming it's in the on the trigger. You strip the gun. You step back. You tap rack, and you put four fingers over three fingers, and then you have the gun. It's much harder to defend against the blade. Anyway, we have the body cam audio of the police in this incident. Let me play that. Then the body cam audio of police shooting a pipe wielding suspect in Illinois, and the Antifa. Uh, thugs punching a cop in Portland listen
3: Uh, hey, drop oh,
4: Drop it. Drop it. Now. Drop it. Yeah, you drop it. Drop it. Drop Drop
5: it. <coughs> <laughs> oh, drop <inaudible> oh, so
3: it. Drop so it. Joe, Drop it. on it. Drop it. Drop it Oh, so you got
6: that oh, it's, it's me. It's me. I Joe. Joe. okay? Oh. okay? Oh. okay? Oh. Get him out. Get him. Get you you to put you in you do. my Don't, don't you touch me, dude. Don't touch me. You touch me, dude. my bike. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. This is
3: that. Don't This has been declared All persons must immediately
5: Back up! Back
3: up! I want you by that light. The back up! You You're good. I'm back here. What the?
0: All right, joining us now, Sergeant Dimitri Penny is back with us, 21-year vet, Dallas Police Force, president of the Texas National Fallen Officer Foundation. Eric Feinberg is with us, communications director for the National Fallen Officer Foundation. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, Now, Sergeant Penny, I frankly looked at that Columbus tape again and again and again, and what I saw, and when you, when you, when you go frame by frame and you see that knife about to be plunged into this other girl and the officer shooting the, the person that could have very well been committing a murder there, depending where that knife went in. Um, Absolutely. I look at that as the police officer saving an innocent person's, an innocent, unarmed person's life from what could be, you know, a death blow.
4: Yeah, let me first say, Sean, my heart goes out to the family. I mean, you can imagine. I agree. Kids the kid's
0: fifteen is. years what 15 old. Years what the hell is going so. on here?
4: Yeah, yeah, but just imagine on the law enforcement side, with, when when officer has has to be in that situation to have to make that split second decision. We're talking I mean, that reaction there. Look, that also did a great job in preventing the other young lady, the other team, which looked like to me, from being killed. Um, look, that that is a, a devastating situation for any police officer to be in. But, but look, I, I have to applaud the officer for being able to react to the chaos in itself, for what was happening uh, with the fight, but being able to prevent this other young lady from using, losing her life. That is a terrible situation for anyone to be in. But this officer, I think that that um, look, his response time to be able to react the way that he did um, man I mean that, there, there was really no options for this, for his officer that was and, no I, and,
0: and I doubt this officer I, I, and, and I, honestly it's sad it's tragic it's a 15 year old girl. Why is a 15 year old girl about to plunge a knife into a, another another girl? The whole oh. thing makes me sad, but on the other hand, if the cop didn't act, that girl very well could have been dead. Sergeant, do you agree with me now, you know about my training we've talked about it privately. Yes. When I say close quarters, I'd rather go up against a firearm than a blade, especially if somebody knows how to use that blade. Uh, do you agree with me or disagree?
4: You are absolutely correct because that blade, and they teach us in in, in training. Look, it only takes about about one maybe maybe point seven seconds to close a gap uh, with a knife, and and it also has no reaction time whatsoever. So, um, yeah, I mean, at least you have a little bit. It, it, with a gun, you got time to get distance or get away from. Uh, from the threat at least but then a knife if, in close quarters man that is
0: um, that is. I mean I, I literally practice okay a gun being held at my face a gun literally held at my chest a gun held at my back a uh, gun held to my neck I mean we practice you know first again get the gun offline fight the man strip the gun break the finger step back tap rack four over three sound like training you've heard before Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 definitely similar training to law enforcement. I mean, the goal is to get it off of you. And and uh, and in and, and, and many cases, take the gun and you put you in charge of the situation.
7: Uh, yeah. But with
4: a knife is just a lot. It's a lot harder to do because now you have to you have to avoid the blade itself. And then and you trying to take that blade. You could potentially end up cutting a major artery, you know, get stabbed. I mean, it could be. It I
0: could follow be all the laws in New York. I have a carry permit. And I carry only legal blades that are allowed in New York. Eric Feinberg, your take on this officer and all of these incidents now that are occurring around the country.
7: Well, uh, Sean, thanks for having me on. And and Trey and I have been talking about this, and, you know, we we want to get more of a voice on this. A lot of this amps up because of social media. Um, I shared with Trey um, on Facebook um, a hashtag called prosecute the police. on on two Facebook pages that actually, you know, brought attention to this from the standpoint that it's the police's fault with the hashtag prosecute the police, ACAB, all cops are bad or, you know, whatever, 1312, and then, of course, F-12. And to get at the root of the problem and why, you know, Trey asked me to come on today and part of our mission um, at the Dallas Foreign Officers and the Foreign Officers campaign is to really show, unfortunately, how the role of social media is with this anti-police. Um, you know, pro left agenda that the social media companies tend to turn a blind eye to. All
0: right, our final moments with Sergeant Penny uh, and Eric Feinberg. You know, the thing the thing is, all right. So now the verdict comes in, and then still people are out there complaining. Uh, Dimitri Penny and Sergeant, I'm I'm a little bit bewildered and frustrated by it because the system worked. It's not a perfect system, um, right. but but it's the best system we that i can think of i can't think of a better one you know one that ensures justice but it you know it's sometimes it doesn't work out that way especially when things go to a jury you just never know what's going to happen in that jury room but when they came back in less than 24 hours it was clear where this was headed
4: right right and and you know what the thing is sean law enforcement across the country agrees that with with how this this case in itself was handled you know they they took care of it look we got a conviction but the reality is there are a lot of people in there are a lot of people in society that simply they don't care about any fine that was never about a finding in the case they're just anarchists all they want to do is incite violence against police it's about creating destruction it's about disrupting our our system as a as a whole and that's that's what we're dealing with on, on the front lines with law and law enforcement is we're dealing with people that just want to amp up you know we lost 103
0: officers sergeant so far this year killed in the line of duty most of them were shot and murdered well 103 now you know i talk about this all the time in chicago while we were scrolling the names of people shot and shot and killed during the biden obama years nobody else in the media talked about it all these all the all these violent incidents that occur every weekend nobody talks about it Nobody knows the names of the 103 people, police officers, that were killed in the line of duty so far this year. I know the names. I've scrolled their names, too. Because right. why is it that we only hear about certain cases?
4: Well, you know, unfortunately, society has moved away from uh, its, its lack of concern for public safety. And public safety has become this uh, this, this larger-than-life figure that, that everyone wants to vil- villainize. And, and un- unfortunately, you know, these officers have to go to work every day, day in and day out to do their job and, and try to protect the public when there is this, this sentiment that's growing in American society that, that they can't they have no control over. Oftentimes, we can't even – police can't even see the narrative that's being painted against them in, in certain situations. So an officer can be showing up thinking they're gonna they're gonna help something, and based off of what was being proliferated in society or being being uh, manipulated on social media, this officer can be walking into a trap himself without even knowing it. And that's how dangerous we that this country has become for law enforcement. You're going to see a decline over the next several years. You're going to see less and less officers going into the law enforcement profession, especially when you have politicians looking to. Uh, we, we want to say. They, they're trying to back away from the defund movement, but essentially that's what they're doing. They're trying to take away resources from law enforcement officers that are doing a difficult job. And you have politicians going out here calling for people to get into, into the face of, of police officers calling for It's
0: happening. We them. show the video way too often. Uh, we're running out of time. Eric Feinberg will give you the last 30 seconds.
7: Well, what Trey said, and, and, and here's something that you know, we, we've been doing and searching. Um, we got a problem with encrypted apps in this country that are being used by the perpetrators that in real time are tuned in the police scanners when it comes to these protests and rallies giving tactical and logistical information through apps like Telegram, telling the protests, the rioters, where the police are to either engage with them or to avoid them yeah. on these encrypted apps, which is dangerous.
0: Very dangerous. Sergeant uh, Penny, thank you for being with us. Eric Feinberg, thank you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Horace Cooper and the Reverend C.L. Bryant will weigh in. Is there there a path to fixing these problems? We'll get to that at the top of the next hour. We'll get to your calls. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Set your DVR. We have a great Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour. Sean Hannity Show. We'll get to your calls. Bottom of this half hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program Uh, Now, we had played a long time ago, and we make the distinction on the program about the organization Black Lives Matter. And after the George Floyd, uh, it was so tragic, uh, now a guilty verdict, uh, when people would say Black Lives Matter. That's different than the group Black Lives Matter that was on tape chanting, what do we want, dead cops? What do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket and fry them like bacon. Uh, There was some chanting that went on outside the Minneapolis courthouse, uh, b- uh, saying all cops are bastards and to get the F out uh, and saying tell white people to get the F out of New York. That happened at a New York restaurant in the streets of New York last night. Listen.
5: All right,
0: joining us now, uh, Horace Cooper, legal commentator, co-chair of the Black Leadership Network, uh, Project 21, Uh, the Reverend CL Heavyfoot, uh, no tickets, Uh, Brian is back with us. Uh, he hosts his own show and uh, also a senior fellow of Freedom Works. How many times have you gotten pulled over in your life, Reverend? It's been a it's been a bunch, Sean, but uh, but just the same. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, are we talking about a dozen, two dozen, three dozen? Oh, at least a, a dozen times. At least a dozen times. That's when I, I when I had a heavy foot and I stopped doing this about a decade ago, I just like you know what? I'm tired of getting pulled over. I'm tired of you know. I I I just got a little more mature, and I didn't want to. I never want to hurt anybody. I want to be a safe driver, and my kids used to point out all the time, "Dad, you're texting and driving." Dad, you did, you know. And I said, "Okay, you're right," and and they made me stop. Um, but I find this the funniest thing, and I know what you did too. You said, "I'm the my name is Reverend C. L. Bryant. Are you are you saved, Officer? I bet. How many times did you pull that one, the Jesus card?"
6: John, John, no comment. I take the, I plead the fifth. No,
0: I can hear you. It, you know, I'm, I'm a reverend. I'm sorry. I'm on my way to a funeral. I got to preside over a funeral. I got to preside over a wedding. I got to go see happened. a sick person that in the hospital.
6: Happened. That has you know. happened on occasion. I was on my way late for a funeral. And you know how people are. <laughs> I mean, I
0: can, yeah, yeah and say, um, are you a believer? If you're not, I'll pray with you right now. How many times have you done that?
6: Well, I tell you what, we have led offices to Christ right there on the street. There's no question about it.
0: I mean, this is unbelievable. You're using Jesus, the Son of God, who sacrificed everything to save humanity and and take our the, sins away that, from us, now, now and you're, you're using saying, the name of Jesus to get wrong. out of a ticket. I can't believe it. And it works. That's another now, miracle. But, but, uh, now All right, you're well, don't just mess around. i got to talk about this. If you, Ami Horowitz has been in Minneapolis, uh, Reverend, we'll start with you. He's been in in Minneapolis and he's interviewed all these people. And he asked people, well, how many people, how many African-Americans do you think every year are killed by the police? And many people think it's in the thousands. You know, when you look at the numbers, there were what a year ago, 12 incidents, 12. People have this perception that it is that much larger, it's so, it, there's, there's such a disconnect between what the reality is and what people think is the reality. Where does that come from? Do you blame the media? Where do you think it comes from?
6: I believe, Sean, that that comes from uh, the uh, climate that you have in D.C. now that wants to take us back to tw- Jim Crow uh, 1920s. And even before then, it's a strange thing that we're still fighting the same battles that we were talking about during the Civil War states' rights and slavery. Jim Crow is something that is an emotional thing for black people. And if you want to tell me that Andrew Young, Rosa Parks, Mega Evers, Dr. King, they all failed in their civil rights effort. I don't believe I don't believe that Andrew Young would stand by for this. And Sean, I got to tell you this. I don't understand why Jim Clyburn is not calling them down on this. Jim Clyburn lived through Jim Crow. John, I'm 65 years old. I was eight, nine years old in 64, 65 in Shreveport, Louisiana, the last city to concede defeat in the Civil War. I've seen crosses burned. I've seen the Klan march. I've drank from the colored water fountains and have used the colored bathrooms. And let me tell you something. This is not 1964. It is not 1965. And I'm not telling you something that somebody told me or, or something I read or something I heard. I'm telling you what I've seen with my own eyes. My parents were on the front line.
0: And what's your take, uh, Horace Cooper?
6: Well, I uh, want, first want to say that, uh,
3: Reverend Bryant, I want you to keep praying for every single person you meet, even if it is during the traffic encounter. Well, no, um, no, no, Horace, uh, why are
0: you encouraging this? Well, why are you encouraging him to do this? Tell him to slow down, Reverend. You need to slow down. If if speeding, I'm listening
6: to my people into the kingdom.
0: My counselor,
6: I'm listening to my counselor. I'm, if, my counselor, I'm taking his advice.
0: If so you got to listen. So, into so into if, if, kingdom, if so, if I'm the Reverend speeds it. and it helps him bring more people to Jesus, and I and he's sincere. By the way, I, this, I'm not, this is not a joke. He, he tells everybody, you, "If you are you saved, if you're not, I'll pray with you right now." I'm, he does Amen. it all the time. I'm for that. I'm for that. I'm 100%. for that too. But well, I mean, to get out of a ticket is a little. I don't know. It just sounds awful.
6: I never. I never said. I, I think it's amazing. It. Sean Hannity saying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
6: I think <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but
3: what I am troubled about is this whole idea that in America today, I have lived my entire life post the civil rights efforts. And I have benefited from that effort. The idea that none of that has worked, none of it has achieved its end, and that we're no better off now than we were before I was born is a lie. And I also want to remind people that the benefit – To every American being treated as a citizen is particularly of a value, and that's why we fought so hard as a community and a society for the civil rights effort was so that we could say that everybody got the benefit. Now, in my view, that means if you're unpopular, if you're not favored, you are, in fact, the very group that the civil rights effort was intended to protect. Not the popular, not the elite, not those who have it all. And I just watched a trial where I believe an unpopular man did not receive the due process that the Constitution would allow. And the worry I have is the wheel turns. Eventually, the will is going to turn if we allow the idea that if you're unpopular, it's okay, we don't protect you, because we did nothing. So, you're, you're,
0: are, so, you're, so you don't believe that Derek Chauvin got a fair trial? I do not. I absolutely do not. Oh, I don't are, you, believe are, it's right are you suggesting that General, outside that the jury felt too much outside pressure? Is that what you're suggesting? Or where, where do you think it was unfair? You know, Maxine was Waters' comments?
3: Settlement. You don't give $28 million settlements in the middle of a trial? Uh, you certainly don't say that the attorney general is going to be in charge of deciding what the prosecution is going to be. You normally, if you have a dream team it's made up of the people who are acting on the defense, you normally don't recruit 40 or 50 of the highest paid law firms to crowd in to offer their services for free. And you don't let Maxine Waters or the president of the United States tell people what the consequences are going to be. There were any number of reasons for a venue change that should have occurred. If this was 1926 and we had a black man and this had happened to, I'd like to think that the so-called civil rights community of today would look at that case and say, whoa, this isn't right. This isn't just. The wheel is going to eventually turn. Looking the other way when it happens to this guy is only setting a precedent
6: for what's going to happen when the wheel turns and stops. And now it's your turn.
0: Exactly. Your take, yourself.:
6: And you know, the reverse racism, Sean, that uh, Horace is pointing out is so prevalent in this country right now. And I have to say this to my uh, Caucasian friends. And Sean, you're one of them, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm naming you here. You're letting them get away with it. You're letting this—I'm not you, Sean, not you in particular. I know that you push back every day, and I I thank God for you. But I'm I'm using you as an example. As a Caucasian male, you are allowing them to do this. I'm wondering what has happened uh, to that person or to those people who were bold enough to found this country. Yes, they were all white men and all that type of thing, but there is a reverse racism now, as Horace is pointing out, that is unhealthy. Because they're gonna come for you too. Where, we had a, an article, Freedom Works. We put an article in front of the senators yesterday with this Jim Crow stuff. This Jim Crow 2020. We're pushing back hard against it. One thing I have been able to to share is that where they want to keep black people in this country and where they're successfully taking them is to the past. They never talk about where we're going. They never talk about where we are now. They want them to be. That's brilliant in the past. In the past is where we were slaves. We were captive back then. Now we have the opportunities to enjoy the fruits of American liberty and the prosperity that goes along with the free market and capitalism. But the Democrats have always found uh, a lot of favor and money to put in their pockets by race hustling and keeping us locked in our minds. And literally, as Joe Biden says, they want to put us, he wants to put us back in chains. And if you do not vote for him, you you ain't black. That is the narrative that black folks must break away from because we are enslaved to it. And there is freedom. If in fact, we are able to experience the American uh, uh, dream that our ancestors paid for us to have and now we slap them in the face by dishonoring the civil rights that they fought so valiantly for us to have this is not what they wanted Andrew Young would never go along with what is being said on Capitol Hill right now I I knew Andrew Young Andrew Young would never go along with this and so I say to all of us stand stand up and push
0: back Right, quick break. More with Horace Cooper and Reverend C.L. Bryant on the other side.
1: Breaking Breaking news news every single day. This is the Sean Hannity Show.
0: to continue with horace cooper and reverend cl heavyfoot brian is with us i don't see the battle of the fight for a colorblind society anymore i see politicians that want to divide every uh, we get this every election year rich versus poor old versus young black versus white republicans are racist sexist homophobic xenophobic islamophobic transphobic you know, they want dirty air and water and to kill granny and grandpa. I'm, I mean, it's it's their playbook. It's their only playbook.
3: And it's a lot of... Well, uh, that, that is their playbook. Um, and that's because if you were to stand up and say, here's what I have for you as a plan. I want your schools to continue to be awful. I want to make sure that your job opportunities are awful. I want to make sure that the dream that you have, that your kids are going to live a better life than you, doesn't get... It's not going to be fulfilled. And you say, well, they don't say that. But that's what their policies will lead to. So we can't talk about what their policies will lead to, so they bring out the boogeyman. The problem that I have is, A, there is no boogeyman, but B, if you go back in time, what you will see is that the radical racist auxiliary, the KKK, manipulated the Democrats' And the radical BLM is manipulating the radical racist BLM is manipulating the Democrats today. No real difference except that Democrats then and now thrive A on that manipulation.
0: Want inroads with minority voters? The Donald Trump economic plan of lower taxes, secure borders, less bureaucracy—that that's part of it. The next part of it is every city, every town needs law and order and safety and security for everybody, or you can't pursue happiness. The next part of that equation is every child is is born of God, and I mean that, Reverend. I'm, I'm being serious yeah. now, and has talent from God, and the way you bring talent out of our, our national treasure, our children, is through an education system. We have it less than a minute.
6: Absolutely. Uh, It's exactly what must happen. A new education for us must come out of the old one that we had. And that is America is the greatest nation on the face of the planet. For everyone who has ever set foot here, the opportunity has been there. It amazes me that those of us who have been here for generations don't see that. while there are those at our borders right now clamoring to get in to take advantage of what we take oh. for granted well, all right because, thank you both Dr. horace let's cooper C. O. bryant
0: all right 25 till the top of the hour Eight hundred nine four one. sean is our number if you want to be a part of this program so before we get to some calls here i you know this is getting very annoying to me you know joe biden thinks we have no memories here he wants to say everything systemic racism let's remind you about joe biden
1: in Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin Donuts, unless you have a slight Indian accent. Fully, I'm not joking. You don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. You got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who was articulate and bright and, and, and clean and a nice looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a story. Unchain Wall Street. They're gonna put y'all back in chains. It's a long way until November, we got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office because I was 29. I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And, Madam President, we have predators on our streets.
0: All right, as promised, to our busy telephones, uh rona is in mississippi rona hi how are you thank you for calling glad you're with us
8: hi sean thank you for taking my call i'm actually from missouri oh i'm
0: sorry it says mississippi That's okay. on my screen That's okay. innocent mistake i won't call out who made it don't worry it's fine
8: <laughs> okay um thank you for taking my call what i wanted to say is that um i'm married to a retired law officer and my husband um, you know, he he was also prior military in the Marine Corps. My dad uh, was a police officer, so I have grown up around officers. I've had respect for them. Our boys have been raised to have respect. They've been around guns, never had a problem, and it just upsets me so much of how— um, law enforcement is being treated these days. You know, believe it or not, there are officers out there that want to do this job, that want to protect their community, and the left is just not wanting that agenda at all. And I'm afraid that the way that we keep going is that um, there's going to be a mass exodus. Um, people are not going to want to put up with this because the only thing that is making law enforcement that job doable is what, you know, they call the qualified.
0: Um, that's okay. What are you talking about? Are you talking about indemnification? Is that where you were headed? In other yes. words, that the, the cities and towns will no longer indemnify, meaning provide legal counsel for yes, officers, exactly. and they'll have to pay that themselves. Let me tell you, that's going to be the breaking point. Because you can't, you can't. It's impossible. And and as somebody that has to hire a lot of lawyers in my life, and and they're all great people, honestly, and they all do a great job for me. But I have a lot of them, uh, because in this day and age, I can't even be. If if I ever spent the time to tell you the crap that goes on to be a conservative on the air in this country in this day and age, it's it would blow your mind. It's not about me, but if cops have to, if they can't get indemnification, it's over. They'll walk because at that yes. point, the risk is too high, nor will they ever be willing to put themselves in harm's way. But even without that, Rona, I'm telling you right now, no, I, I don't know people that want to be cops. Every single, and I had a lot of law enforcement in my, in my family, and the two guys that made it to the FBI, the, their last name was Flynn. They were deity in my family. Amazing. Two brothers and I stay in touch with the one brother that's still alive and he's a great guy and anyway my mom was a prison guard my dad was did family court probation I had so many people that were NYPD cops and and then the rest of my family when they the next generation kind of you know gravitated towards you know being nurses and doctors And now the next generation is even doing better, you know, going to good schools and all the stuff I couldn't afford to. You know, I had to pay my own way and I didn't have enough money to finish. So I I, I don't think anybody's going to want to do it. And the sad part of this is like a great teacher, like a great fireman, like a great EMT, like a great doctor, nurse. uh, These uh, everyone I know that wanted to be a cop had a calling to do it. They're willing to take on that risk. Put themselves in harm's way to protect and to serve the 99 percent of good cops but i i, I don't think anyone's going to want to do it anymore i talk to my cop no. friends they don't want to go near trouble anymore they don't want any well, part of it
8: but they don't because nowadays just like in the george floyd case is that you nowadays you cannot go left and be confident that you as officer you're doing your job to protect and serve who is protecting them? they are afraid all their cameras, social media, you, you know, I guarantee you that not everyone wakes up this day of a police officer and has in their mind, okay, today I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go out and do that. No, they took a oath. They want to do this, not, you know, it's, it's a very do. look
0: at the tape last week. Look look at the the three cops in Georgia that got shot. Look at the New Mexico cop, a routine uh routine traffic stop ends up being dead. This happens every day. We've lost 103 officers so far this year. Nobody knows their names. And I don't hear people people I I don't see the outrage in these cases, I, now, why do some cases become high profile and others don't? I don't know. Why do I scroll the names? Why did I scroll the names back when Biden and Obama, when all these shootings take place in Chicago, they still continue today every weekend? Names you'd never heard of because they can't politicize it. Because if they really cared about shootings and killings, they'd fix what is going on and has been going on for you know, decades in Chicago and other big cities, run by liberal Democrats for decades. Anyway, good call. Appreciate it. William, next in Arkansas. William, how are you? Glad you called.
5: Oh, I'm fantastic. Thanks for accepting my call.
0: What can I do for you?
5: Yeah, I was... I, I, my comments were in reference to the trial. I didn't believe that it was, for me, it wasn't so much about black or white or Republican or Democratic. It was uh, It's understanding that police brutality is police brutality and racism and racism, and over the years, what we've begun to do is to blur the lines. For every bad cop, there's 100 good cops, and in my life, I had the privilege of being born and raised in Washington, D.C., where it was mostly African-American. As a teenager, I was harassed by police, and none of them were white. Then I also had the opportunity to move to Arkansas, and it was flipped around, so it just depended on where I was. But the one thing that my parents always taught me was when I got pulled over was to honor, always honor the police officer, because there's always another way out. There's always another way to, uh, I guess you could put, there's always another way to solve an issue. You're not going to win. George Floyd didn't win, and I don't care how many posters they put up, he didn't win the situation. None of the the bodies and the lives that have have, uh, paved the way for the arguments and the debates that we have had and are having ongoing right now, they didn't win. It's a non-win situation. Um, I I, I believed that there was going to be some type of guilty verdict for, for Derek. I didn't believe that his family needs to be ostracized after this. There's so many sides to this. I don't believe he had a fair trial.
0: Look, I there's that a lot him. of things that we've got to think about here. Let me let me see if I can sum it up for you. I do think there is a need for more training because the two things that I believe convicted Derek Chauvin was the nine and a half minute tape, the nine minute, 29 second tape. The the police chief testifying this is absolutely not what we train, how we train our officers and officers are are taught about the vulnerability of, of somebody's neck. The other part was he's, he wasn't resisting anymore. Please, sir, I can't breathe. Please, He's being polite. He wasn't resisting at that point in any way. He had handcuffs on. There was no need to continue any, any use of force whatsoever at that moment. Now, you could have put leg restraints on him. And if he wouldn't get in the car, then you put him in the back of a van. And there's nothing he could do at that point. And it's so there's and and I I like non-lethal alternatives for cops short of the taser. So I think there's a, you know, more training. And, And I'll tell you one thing you mentioned. I've taught my kids. If you ever get pulled over by a police officer, you pull over to the side of the road safely, you know, acknowledge and roll down your window. It's a good idea to put your hands outside the window and you address the officer as Yes, sir. Yes, officer. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, officer. No, officer. Thank you, officer. It's not the time to argue. If they're going to write you the ticket, take the ticket. That I mean, and be polite and understand. We have to understand their mindset. They have no idea who you are when they pull you over. Well, they may have an idea. They might know if your car is stolen. They might know that there's a warrant out for your arrest. Like in the case uh, uh, that took place where the officers seemingly had this accidental discharge. So, I mean, it's, they're just, we have to have some understanding of how they feel in that moment. They have no idea what they're about to face when they pull somebody over. That guy that was killed, the cop in New Mexico had no idea. If we do That's these true. things, I think things turn around. Last word.
5: Yeah, I agree also. And I guess my whole point is, is that I, I wish that we could see an officer's in complete day. To take him from the time that he begins his his job, let's say if he starts at 8 a.m. in the morning and he ends at 4 p.m., I believe that that full footage of his whole day and what they go through plays an important part of split-second decisions. If he was just uh, um, in a hostile situation 20 minutes before, what happens 20 minutes after? And I'm not just talking about uh, Derek Sheldon trial. I'm talking about as a whole There's so much more that nobody wants to talk about, but we keep yelling about. And until we actually come together and do something, and this is the only reason I call, and I'll quickly say this, the reason that I called is because yesterday I've listened to you ever since the second um, year, six years during the Obama, four years during Trump. And yesterday was the first day that I felt that you weren't being heard. And I wanted to scream out for you. I wanted to articulate for you from an African-American's perspective that we hear you, we are listening to you, and, and you are turning America page well,
0: What page part did you think I wasn't first. being heard on?
5: Well, when, when they actually, um, when you started asking the questions to the people that were in the crowd, and, and I knew in my heart that what you were trying to articulate was that, are we going to be fair for the police officers that are getting um, um, attacked? And, and I, don't, I don't believe that you were really being heard.
0: And I think that Oh, I think I was being hurt. I I, I did. I gently disagree with you. I think I was heard all too clearly. And I think the sad part. uh, And you're talking about when we had Ami Horowitz, he was outside the courtroom. I think it was just prior to the verdict coming in. And he put one of the people that, you know, thousands of people showed up. And he put a person on, and we talked about the George Floyd case. Then we said, well, what about the people that throw bricks and rocks and bottles and Molotov cocktails at cops? Uh, and yeah, I yeah. asked, do you condemn that violence? And, well, I'm not going to answer that, okay? Because yeah. we know the answer. The answer is it's perfectly acceptable to some people. Sure. And that well, is a, a sad blabber. commentary yeah. on society today. But that's also <laughs> a that reality but that, but that's the whole defund the police, dismantle the police. Look, I'll be honest, I can I'll live perfectly fine myself. I'll, I'll make sure my family's safe. but most people will not be safe, especially people in in cities and towns that that have higher incidences of crime. Rudy Giuliani, you may hate his politics, but he showed us how. He showed us a way that we can save lives, you put a heavy concentration of police resources in the neighborhoods with the most crime, whatever neighborhood it is, is doesn't, wherever it is, where it's happening, concentrate, add it, stop and frisk, which constitutionally I don't really love, but it did work and it was necessary because you're losing nearly 3,000 people a year at that point. And nobody wants to listen to Rudy Giuliani on this issue because well, I don't like his politics. His politics have nothing to do with it. Anybody, I don't care if you're a liberal, a Democrat, Republican, I don't care. If if you have a better idea, I want to hear it and we need to implement it. Anyway, I've got a I've roll. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. That's going to wrap things up for today. We'll have the latest out of this Columbus shooting and the insanity of the white house's reaction to it uh also the latest on these schools and wokeness and parents fighting back the lawyer for the teacher on leave uh from that woke school that we told you about is going to join us leo terrell tonight uh laura trump whose kids went to new york schools herschel walker jim jordan and much more nine eastern hannity please set your dvr fox news channel we'll see you tonight at nine back here tomorrow as always thank you for being with us you make this